Much of the conflict between the Palestinians and Jews boils down to the status of Jerusalem and most importantly, the Temple Mount itself. Some have even questioned whether or not a Jewish temple ever stood on the Temple Mount. However, the Bible provides the answers. And I will share that with you as we take your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition, this open line edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And if I look like I'm squinting today, it's because I am. I don't have my glasses on, so I'll be squinting at the screen. But um, I think I can tell what's going on up there. Uh, I, I wanted to go through a couple things really quick before I get to your calls, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there because I've already got some callers on the screen, so I, I better hurry. They there. I had a couple questions that some people sent in. And it's regarding Israel, and I wanted to kind of cover them because Israel is in obviously in turmoil right now. If you follow the news at all. One of the questions was um, the 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 caller said I wanted to know. How Revelation 9.18 will impact Israel. Revelation 9, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 13 through 21 is talking about the sixth trumpet war. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, four to kill one third the part of mankind. So we know it's going to be in the Middle East region. That's where the war is going to start. It's time on God's time clock, on God's uh, timeline to happen, this sixth trumpet war. Will the current skirmish, the turmoil going on in Israel, lead to that? Will Israel be a part of that? That was the, in essence, that's the question here. Um, I, obviously, I'm speculating when I answer this, but in anything over there could lead to that Six Trumpet War. One of those nations in the Middle East region, uh, I've always thought that it would be between maybe Israel, the United States, and Iran. I follow that very closely because Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. They're trying to get a nuclear weapon, and they want to destroy Israel and the United States. That could lead to World War III. How could this current uh, conflict lead to that? I don't know if it will or not. I want to just say that right up front. We do not know. It's total speculation at this point. I'm sure you could understand that answer because we simply do not know. However, Ham- it, Iran is funding Hamas and the, the other Palestinian um, jihadist terrorists that are there. Iran is funding them and look at what they're doing to Israel. And I've read many articles on that today and there are... Probably several reasons. We don't know for sure why they're doing that. 
You know, I've, I've read, I read a great article by one of the main writers in Israel, and she said that because of the Abraham Accords, I mean, if you wanted to thwart a situation, think of it. Iran and the Arabs are sitting back here looking at, and the Palestinians are sitting back here looking at Israel signing uh, normalization um, documents and treaties and things, the Abraham Accords with several Arab nations. It's taking away their veto power from an eventual peace plan. So what is one of the things you could do to stop that and stymie that and get the world's attention off of the Abraham Accords and back on an Israel-Palestinian conflict? Well, start a war. Start lobbing rockets and things like that over into Israel. And so there's a lot of scenarios going on here. Um, But the main question is, will this lead to the Six Trumpet War where possibly... Israel would be involved in a, in a World War III scenario. Well, we know that Israel will remain intact all the way into the millennial reign. Israel's not going to be destroyed. We know that scripturally. Israel, Israel proper, and uh, they will retain control of Jerusalem all the way throughout. The Bible tells us in Zechariah 14 that half of the city of Jerusalem will be captured at the battle of Armageddon when the world governing armies come down against Israel to battle, which means up until that point, Israel has had control of the entire city of Jerusalem. So with that said, look at the current conflict. Will the Palestinians overtake Israel and uh, will Iran sweep in and take Jerusalem? No, they will not. Because the Bible, the prophecies tell us exactly what's going on and the future of Israel. So even though I know it looks bad when you see the news and you see the rockets flying and you see there's been, uh, I think it's like 16 or 1600 and some rockets that have been uh, fired from Gaza. And you've seen the rockets of Iron Dome, Israel's Iron Dome security protection um, going up and, and blowing up those bombs in the air. It looks pretty dire, doesn't it? It looks bad. But Israel will retain control. You understand the situation of Israel. Israel's very, very powerful. Honestly, if they wanted to, now obviously they don't want to, but if they wanted to, Israel could go in and level Gaza. I mean level Gaza. As flat as this desk that's right before me, Israel could do that pretty easily. And, but she doesn't want to. The Israel's army uh, military is called the Israel Defense Forces. Israel only wants to have defensible borders and be left alone. Israel's not invading other countries and, you know, they, they only do things in defense. They only want to have their area and be left alone. That's it. It's everybody else that wants Israel driven out of there. And so, or I should say, Iran and their terrorist proxies things like that. So you've got to understand really what's the situation going on in Israel. What's behind that? We do our best to figure that out. Sometimes you simply cannot. But I know from the prophecies of the Bible what's coming in the near future. Okay. And so that's what we're going to stick with. We know there's going to be a peace agreement. Now it doesn't look like it now, but there will be a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians in the near future. And so very important that we understand these things. 
another question that I'll try to get to. I might have, I'm coming up to a break. I might have to get to this one after that. And then I'm going to go to the phones. Um, but somebody asked me today, and I've got this question before that the individual said, well, I've heard that prior to his passing, Irvin Baxter changed some of his beliefs. And so I'm going to answer that question on the other side of the break because I don't really have time to get into it right now. But um, it's a very important question. Did Irvin Baxter change some of his beliefs prior to his passing? And do we hold to those beliefs today? Well, we'll talk about it in a bit of detail just after the break. God bless. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of revelation don't miss this special offer call now 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com to order call or go online now to get this comprehensive bible study we've seen bible prophecy fulfilled like never before From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I, I've got a quick announcement. Uh, next weekend, I will be down in Houston for a prophecy conference. I'll be at the Christ Church, uh, 12,815 Fuqua Street. That's F-U-Q-U-A. That's May 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll doing, be doing the big timeline, the future according to Bible prophecy that we've been teaching throughout the whole year. It's been great. Really received very well by the audiences and then on uh, Sunday morning from 11 to 1, that would be May 23rd at the same church, uh, we'll be having a, um, another great, wonderful service. So if you'd like to join us down there in Houston, all the information is on our website, endtime.com. You can, uh, all of the information's there. And so I uh, look forward to joining you guys down in Houston, not this weekend, but next weekend. That's May 22nd and 23rd. 
So I had a quick question, then, and then I'll get to the phones. Um, somebody asked me, and I've had this before, so I wanted to kind of answer this and clear the air. Somebody said, I have heard that prior to his passing, that Irvin Baxter changed some of his, prof- his beliefs or your prophetic teachings. And they ask, what did he change? And Dave, do you now teach those changes? Okay, so clear the air, everybody. Irvin Baxter did not change one belief. He believed everything that we've always taught all the way up until he passed on November 3rd. Did he change, and another question I've got, did he, did he change his belief on a pre-post-trib? Absolutely not. The Bible teaches a post-tribulation rapture. The rapture will occur after the tribulation. Irvin Baxter believed that all the way up to the time he passed. He never changed his beliefs on anything. I know when, it, when something like that happens, um, the, the rumor mill starts. <laughs> and it gets to the point where, all kinds of things are, are thrown around. And so I wanted to clear the air and say, no, Irvin Baxter did not change any of his prophetic teachings. He believed everything like he's always taught all the way up to the time he passed. Therefore, that's exactly what I teach. That's what Doug Norvell teaches. That's what Vince Stegall teaches. That's what we all teach here is what Irvin Baxter believed. We all came up under him. He taught all of us. And... You know, the thing is, though, there had to come a time when I got these revelations for myself. There had, you know, when I first started in end time, I had been raised in Irvin Baxter's church. But when I first came to end time and started uh, teaching Bible studies and things, I had to be able to prove these things for myself. I learned from Irvin Baxter, but I had to get it. It had to click for me. And I understand now that God was preparing all of us for the passing of Irvin Baxter so that way we can continue on with the ministry and take this thing across the finish line. But I want to just tell everybody, no, no, we're, I'm very totally solid in our beliefs in what Irvin Baxter taught and what the Bible teaches. It all clicks for me. I've got the vision. We've all received the mantle that he carried and very solid in those beliefs. So no, no, nothing's changed. Uh, everything's moving straight forward with what Irvin Baxter taught. And uh, I appreciate the question. The, the, the individual was very concerned, but the answer is no. Okay. So um, with that said, let me get straight to the phones. Again, I'm taking your calls today. The number to reach me, one 877 363 Let's go to Elizabeth right here in Texas. God bless Elizabeth. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. I was wondering, will the war with Gog and Magog happen before or after the millennial? Sure. So um, the battle of Gog and Magog mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, that is the exact same war as the battle of Armageddon. And the battle of Gog and Magog occurs at the very end of the Great Tribulation, which is before the 1,000-year millennial reign. You say, well, what about Revelation 20, where Gog and Magog, Satan is loosed after he's been bound for 1,000 years. Satan is loosed for a short time, and he, he calls Gog and Magog back down to Israel to battle. Well, the fact is there's no war at that time. The Bible says that God simply consumes those armies with a fire from heaven. So the battle of Armageddon or the Gog and Magog war 
is the final battle on earth. And that's the battle of Armageddon, which occurs just prior to the 1000 year millennial reign. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for the call and God bless you. Let's go to Alyssa in Tennessee. God bless Alyssa. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. What you got? I have a question about uh, Exodus 19 and 4. Okay. And Revelation 12 and 14. Yes. I was wondering the eagle's wings in Exodus was the Lord deliverance, and I was wondering if that could be possibly the same interpretation in Revelation. Okay, I I understand the question. Um, So let's read it for everybody. Uh, Exodus 19.4, the Bible says that you have seen what I did under the Egyptians. You understand everybody that's listening, for all the listeners, that the... This is Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage at this point. God says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. So obviously, just Alyssa, for the sake of our listeners, this is not a physical set of eagle's wings. This is symbolic of the strength and power of Almighty God and the miraculous um, events that took place to bring the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. So it's, it's symbolic of... God's power and strength and his miraculous um, power that brought Israel out. And he said, hey, I bear you out on eagle's wings. So let's go to Revelation uh, 12. Now, bear in mind that Revelation 12 is dealing with end time Bible prophecy. So, Alyssa, for the answer to your question, when you're dealing with end time Bible prophecy, the beast in Daniel 7 represent nations. Okay. And there was a John or a Daniel and Daniel seven saw a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four headed leopard and a 10 horned beast. And so he said that these beasts in Daniel uh, seven, 17 and 23 represent nations or kingdoms and the ruler of those nations or kingdoms. So we're moving off an end time Bible prophecy. How do I know that? Because Daniel said that these beasts represented by these animal symbols, uh, these nations represented by these animal symbols would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So now we moved from a symbolic view of eagle's wings, which was the, the might and the power of Almighty God to deliver Israel, to now we're talking about a whole different ball game when we talk about the eagle. The eagle here represents the United States of America because the Great Britain, or the lion is Great Britain. Daniel said, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, these eagle's wings, made to stand upon the feet of a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So it symbolizes another nation, the nation of the United States of America. Where'd we come from? Great Britain. So when you move off into, into end time Bible prophecy, those beasts symbolize nations. So when you go to Revelation, when we're talking about the end times here, in Daniel or in Revelation chapter 13, John gives a vision of a beast, a seven-headed ten-horned beast. He said it had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, the ten horns of the ten-horned kingdom. This is a federalized group of nations that have formed a world governing body. However, jump back one chapter to Revelation 12:14, and the Bible says, And to the woman, Israel in that chapter, the woman with twelve stars around her head's Israel. 
uh, were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time. We're not talking about the power and the strength of God, although he could do this. But in the, when, when you get off into Bible prophecy, the, the animals symbolize nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So when it talks about an eagle here, in our opinion, it's talking about the United States of America. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you for taking my call today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling in. I certainly appreciate it. God bless. Um, let's go to Philip in Florida. God bless Philip. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm doing tremendous. How are you? Good, good. I have a question on Revelation 2014. Yes. It talks about death and hell. Yep. We're casting to the lake of fire. So, and this is a second death. So, so when a bad person dies, um, when a bad person dies, the people that sin and they reject Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Do they go to a place of hell? And then, but the lake, is anybody at the lake of fire right now? Yeah. So <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, the only thing I can do is give you biblical accounts. Uh, you understand the, the uh, account that Jesus gave of the rich man and Lazarus, the beggar. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Well, right. So, that too. Yeah, so Jesus gave an account of a rich man who they both died. The rich man went, uh-huh. to, went to a place of torment. The, uh-huh. And just as a parable of Jesus and Lazarus went and was comforted in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man said, hey, mm-hmm. Abraham, can you send Lazarus just to dip his finger in a, in a glass of water right. and put it to my tongue? I'm tormented in these flames. And Abraham said, nope, there's a great chasm between us and I can't get to you. You can't get to me. It's not possible. And so from that account, it appears that there are people that are in a place like that today. And when it says here that um, and death and hell were... Uh, so what it, let's go to verse uh, 13. So for everybody that's listening, we're talking about the great white throne of judgment here. And this is the second death. The, there's the first resurrection. This is called the, the, the uh, second death. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. The Bible says this is the second death. So the Bible says in Revelation 20, 13, at the great white throne of judgment and the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So, um, that a question that comes up is why are people pulled out of a, a torment to be judged and then put into the lake of fire? And it appears that the Bible says that they will be called out. The books will be opened. God will read from the books. The Bible will be one of those books. And you say, well, why, why would that happen? Because if you understand, I heard an individual, if you watched Irvin Baxter's funeral, there was a man named um, Pastor Robert Straup from Indiana. He read an account of an individual or a guy that wrote a book on people that went to hell and their influence on earth followed them to the great white throne of judgment like a Hitler. Hitler's inf- is still influential in the anti-Semitic uh, atmosphere in Europe. There are people that 
would still today consider themselves a Nazi. They're anti-Semitic, hate the Jews. And so Hitler's influence is living on. Well, all of that will be judged at the Great White Throne of Judgment. And like a person like Urban Baxter, he's passed on, but his influence is still winning souls and he's building the kingdom of God, even though he's passed on. And so there will come a time when he gets his reward and there will come a time when a Hitler will be given a judgment as well. But it's not going to be a a, a nice one. And so a lot of these things are meted out at the rapture. Irvin Baxter will be given a reward, a reward. But at the time of the great white throne of judgment, if you know, I'm saying if a if a Hitler did pass away unsaved, I'm I don't know. I I wasn't there, but I'm just assuming by what happened um, if when he goes to the great white throne of judgment, God will judge him and all of his influence that he's yeah. had throughout this life. So he, influence he is a greater. big thing. And so a lot of that ties into the great white throne of judgment and uh, getting cast into the lake of fire after that. Yeah, because uh, um, the rich man, when he was talking to Abraham, right, he was, yeah. it looks like it looked like he was a Bernie. It just it looked like he was really, really hot, though. He was in a dark place, hot, because if he, if he was burning, he wouldn't be talking. You know what I'm saying? If he was burning, he wouldn't be, like, talking. So I'm thinking he's in a place where it's just really, really hot and tormenting him. But he's not in a place where he's burning, because if he was burning, it, it wouldn't be, he, he wouldn't be able to breathe. He wouldn't be able to talk. You know what I'm saying? Well, if he was, like, in, in, but yeah. in, in Luke 16, 24, it says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he, he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right. So, so he was burning. He, he it was appears burning. so, yes. So, how, But how could he talk, though, while he's burning, though? Well, so you're not consumed. You remember the burning bush in the Old Testament. It was on fire, but it was not consumed. So, I mean, I, I, obviously, Philip, you nor I have ever been there. But uh-huh. I'm just going off of the accounts in the Bible. Again, that's the only account that I can give or the only answer I can give is accounts that are in the Bible. And this is the one that yeah, would, yeah. is the closest related to what you're asking me. Right, right, yeah. right. Yep. I'm just, I just want, I just want to know. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely, and thank you for the call, Philip. And I'm, I'm coming up to a break here, but I'm going to get to some of the, uh, the rest of the calls. I got a lot of good questions coming up, so you'll want to, you'll want to uh, not touch that dial. But again, um, a week from, a week from uh, right now, on uh, May 22, May 23, we'll be in Houston, Christchurch, 12, 8, 15. Fuqua Street and um, the number to the church down there 281-481-3222 and Pastor John Paul McDaniel a wonderful man of God we're going to have a great time it's a great conference Sunday morning we're going to have a great service hope that you can join us major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online these companies are trying to control what you see and hear Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. 
When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Well, welcome back, everybody. And again, I'm taking your calls. The number to reach me, one 877 363-8463. We're going to get right back to the phones. Mary in New York. God bless. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, Mary. How are you? Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call, and um, I'll take my answer offline. Okay. Um, my question is, when Trump was in office, he did a lot of good things for Israel, and his administration worked really hard to um, get the Abraham Accords. Yes. Now, with the goings-on right now in Israel, do you believe that it fulfills what is written in Scripture about when they say, when they say peace and safety, suddenly destruction? Do you believe that that fulfilled that Scripture? Okay. And... Um... From here on, until the Temple Mount, or till, and until the Temple is built, do you believe that this is going to be the occurrence? Okay. Because I'm, yeah, because I'm trying to go back to history when they've had previous peace deals. Right. Has this happened following? Has it follow? Has like a civil war followed after it? Right. So um, yeah. The, so you want me to go ahead and answer? Or are you going to take it off the air? I'll take it off the air. Okay, sir. very good. Well, thank you for the thank call, Mary, much. and God bless you as well. So the Abraham Accords, yes, President Trump was very successful in getting Arab nations. You understand under the old um, Arab Peace Initiative that they all agreed. All those Arab nations says that you can, uh, we cannot normalize relations with Israel until the Israel... Palestinian situation has been taken care of and that they sign a deal. And so basically that gave the Palestinians a veto power over the peace initiatives. All the peace initiatives that have been tried, they, uh, with Yasser Arafat and all of them, even though Israel would almost, not quite, but almost some of them give them what they were asking for. If they didn't like it, because the PLO was really created to liberate Palestine, which is what 
the Israeli area was called prior to being called Israel. They named it Palestine. The Romans actually did that. To, they were created to, to liberate Jews from Palestine, the PLO. So the Palestinians, really, that's what they want. They don't want a peace deal with Israel. So they, what they would do is they had veto power. They'd just say, no, nah, can't do that because we're, we're going back to the Arab peace initiatives. We're just going to walk away. In other words, our Arab brethren will not allow us to sign a deal with you. Well, once President Trump understood all this, so when he, went, uh, when he was elected into office, he went a different route. He did not go and try to drag the Palestinians and the Israelis to a negotiating table and say, you will sign a deal. That's not what he did. His first trip overseas was to Saudi Arabia. Because what he said is, I'm going to get all these Arab nations on board, and that will hopefully eventually bring the Palestinians on board. So that's what he did. He worked and got the Abraham Accords, which has Bahrain and Sudan and the United Arab Emirates and some of these other nations to normalize relations with Israel, which threw this whole thing in a tailspin because the Palestinians thought, well, what do we do now? We, they just took our veto power away. And that is what an article today in one of the major Israeli news sources said could be one of the main reasons for this conflict is because the Palestinians don't have any veto power. The Iranians know that now. So they've had their terrorist proxy Hamas start firing rockets into Israel to to stir things up and to get everybody's mind off the Abraham Accords because they don't like that. Now, again, that's speculation, but man, it sounds very uh, feasible, right? So to answer your question, is this the peace that they say once this happens, there's going to be, once they say peace and safety, sudden destruction? At this point, I cannot answer that. That would be purely speculation on my part. That's going to be one of the ones that we'll have to live through in order to discern that. Now, it, it has been speculated because we know that the next two events on God's prophetic timeline is the peace agreement, and the Sixth Trumpet War. We have speculated, and again, I'm saying speculate a lot here because I can't prove this scripturally, but we've speculated a lot that um, the Sixth Trumpet War would happen first, which is where one-third of the world's population is destroyed, you understand. The Sixth Trumpet War would happen first, then the peace agreement would be signed, and we would move off into the final seven years. However, the Bible says when they say peace and safety... Then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman. So does that mean the peace agreement will be signed first? Then, because one of the answers to your question um, is that, or one thing I should say, a, a, a very strong point of interest, is that the peace agreement that we are looking for to start the final seven years has to be between the Palestinians and the Israelis. The Abraham Accords that have been signed are not that peace agreement. They could lead to that peace agreement, but the ones that have been signed are not that peace agreement. So could the Sixth Trumpet War happen before or after the peace agreement? At this point, I cannot answer that. This Bible doesn't tell us, so I don't know. Some of these things we're going to have to live through to look back and say, you know what, that's how it all played out. We've done that in the past. 
And there's no way we could have known what the third trumpet was going to be, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, until we lived through that and said, oh, look at how this prophecy, all these things line up perfectly with the word of God. Some of these things in the future, we're going to have to do that as well. And all I can do in answering your questions is to speculate because I do not want to sensationalize and I do not want to give you an answer that is not true. That's not going to do anybody any good. And so the only thing I can do is say, hey, according to Bible, according to scripture, here's what the prophecies say are going to play out. And then some of those things we're going to have to live through to be able to determine how it all came to pass. Okay. And they had to do that with the Messiah. I mean, a lot of times we've had to do that. You simply will not know until it comes to pass. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass so that when they do come to pass, you might believe. So Jesus knew that we would have to live through some of these things to look back and say, wow, that fulfilled a Bible prophecy that builds my faith in the word of God. Okay. That's the best I'm able going to, to, I'm going to be able to do on some of these things because if the Bible doesn't give an answer, then I can't. Okay. So I hope that answers your question to the best of my ability. I, I just, if I want to be able to answer all of them, but I've got to line everything up with the Bible. And if I can't, I got to say it's speculation. So I've got a, somebody on Facebook ask a question. I want to answer that. It's from Patrick. He says, will the Gentiles on earth after the rapture have a chance to be saved? So that's a, that's a great question. The Bible says that there will be sinners on earth. And we do know that there will be saved individuals because when the Lord, when the rapture occurs, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. The Lord comes back, plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. We know that the Bible says the rapture has already taken place at that point. But the Bible also says that all of Israel will be saved. All of those that have made it through the Great Tribulation, that have made it through the Battle of Armageddon, that all of Israel is going to be saved. So we do know that there will be saved Jews that live into the 1,000 year millennial reign. The Bible also says that a person dying at 100 years old or a sinner dying at 100 years old will be considered but a child. So we do know that there will be sinners. Will there be a plan of salvation? I talked to Irvin Baxter about this many times. He said it appears that there will be. We do not know what that plan of salvation will be. However, Patrick, just to make sure you understand, we do not know specifically who gets to live into the millennial reign. I've actually had people tell me before, which I cannot believe this, but it's happened to me that, well, if there's going to be a plan of salvation in the millennial reign, I'm going to wait till then to get ready. That is playing. I've heard Irvin Baxter say this a million times. That's playing Russian roulette with your soul because to think that you can make it through the six trumpet war, you're taking a huge chance. Six trumpet war, the great tribulation, all the turmoil and things that happened throughout the end time. And yet I'm going to make, I'm going to take a chance and make it all the way through all of that and then get saved on the other side. Number one, we do not know who gets to live into the millennial reign. Uh, there in the old Testament, there was an age of accountability where you understand when the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, they went through the wilderness And we're going to go into the promised land. The Lord said only those 19 years old and down are going in. They're not going to be held accountable for the sins of their parents. They're going to die off out in the wilderness. 
So now here we are fixing to go into the millennial reign. Does that mean there's going to be an age of accountability? I do not know that. But can somebody my age, I'm 52 years old. Can somebody my age say, well, you know what? I'm just going to live and I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to get all the way on the other side and I'll wait till I'm about to pass on. Then I'll get ready. That is not smart for lack of a better term. Um, because I, ta- I, I talked to Irvin about this because I wanted to know, really, how does, all this th- how does all this plays out? I had the same questions. And he said, here's the deal, Dave. Let's just be honest. If somebody's not going to get ready on this side, they probably won't get ready on that side. Somebody that's of, of the age of accountability knows, has been presented the gospel, but decides, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. And yet they say they're going to, but suddenly when they get to the other side, hey, I'm going to get saved. He told me, he says probably not going to happen because their heart's not in the right place. If you won't accept it on this side, why would you accept it on the other side? You say, well, they've woken up, the rapture's happened and they've decided, oh, I probably ought to get ready. They know they need to get ready on this side and just won't. So God knows that. God knows the intents of your heart. The Bible says God knows your thoughts while they're yet afar off. And so I would, not, I would not do that. I would make sure that if I, the Bible says this is the day of salvation because nobody's promised tomorrow. And so if you know and understand the gospel, if you've had the gospel presented to you and you say, I don't want anything to do with that, then you'll be held accountable for that. You understand? And so, you know, the Bible's very clear on some of these things. What's the plan of salvation going to be in the, in the millennial reign? I do not know that. I don't know anybody on the planet that knows that. Why? The Bible doesn't tell us. So I would not, if, if you're of an age of accountability and you understand things and you can comprehend the plan of salvation and the gospel and know what's going on and make a determination between right and wrong, then the Bible says this is the day of salvation because you understand I live in Dallas and the Dallas obituaries are full every single day. I looked in the Dallas obituaries a month ago or so when I did a, a, another radio program on the afterlife and there were 69 people in the Dallas obituaries that day. 69 folks. So none of us are promised tomorrow. So the Bible says this is the day of salvation. Take advantage of it today. Don't wait till the millennial reign. Because we do not know specifically who gets to live. We do know there will be people that live into the millennial reign. Specifically, who is allowed to do that? The Bible does not say. So I wouldn't wait till then. I'd make sure I'm, if you know the plan of salvation, I'd get ready today. I wouldn't wait till then. So, okay, uh, we're coming up to another break. I've got just one segment left. And looks like I should be able to get to everybody. Um, so looking forward to it. God bless. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Okay, we're going to go straight to the phones. Let's go to Sharon in Oregon. Welcome to the end of the age, Sharon. Hi there, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great, doing wonderful. Good, good. Two quick questions. Yeah. Uh, um, one was uh, piggyback on the other gentleman who was talking about burning uh-huh. in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question with that is simply, could a possible answer that direction be that I know when you are ready to meet the Lord and you go up the rapture, you are eternally, you have eternal life. Uh-huh. It sounds odd, but the reverse of when you're unborn spiritually and you um, your life ends, wouldn't there actually be that would be an eternal death? So your body would not burn up. You would still be immortal in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then that seems to me like that would be, do you think that would be a possible explanation? Yeah, the Bible says, let me see if I can find it here real quick. And it's not the most pressing question I had, but that's the first thought I had. Yeah, the Bible says that um, Jesus is talking here and he's talking about uh, if thy eye, this is uh, Mark nine forty seven and 48. He says, um, and if thy eye, eye offend thee, pluck it out. For it's better thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes and be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So we're given um, yes. immortal bodies. I mean, the, the, the Bible says that there will be tormented in, in the flames in Revelation forever and ever. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's... that's uh, that's the way it's going to play out. Absolutely. And I, I hope and pray that nobody listens to me goes there. <laughs> um, but Amen. I, yeah, but I, it, I just, it's in scripture. And so we have to talk about it. And honestly, I don't like talking about hell, but we right. have to, because we'll it, it is that. absolutely in scripture. Yes. It's just a thought I'd had. Um, thought other would be with the, with the, the virus, the Rona, um, looking at that being a possible, looking at third world war type thing. Um, then also probably more important to say, to ask is simply that um, when, it, when it says in, Mar- in Matthew 24 and 29, uh, talking about, um, uh, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Yeah. Um, and going on like that, um, it came to mind as I'm watching the things, all those missiles coming down. You know, 
it looks in some ways like those powers are being shaken and they're coming down. Another thought is the, um, and that happening more stronger and a larger, a larger uh, worldwide format. Yeah. The other thought is, along with that, you know, we've got how many satellites up there, and how that would affect. Um, uh, be a worldwide. Um, <laughs> that would be a big deal. Yeah. If the, if the satellites that are surrounding our Earth um, are and that power is shaken, um, that's like uh, not a minor thing. And right. I don't know, but the thought going is that when it says the powers of heaven, um, that wasn't there back then. They didn't have any idea about that. But right. if that may play along, jump in there, please, or I'm going to ramble. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so what you're referring to here in Matthew 24 is at the time after the Great Tribulation when the Lord comes back. This account is given many times in Scripture. And it's specifically talking about the coming of the Lord and that the earth, everything is going to be a great shaking. The Bible says that mountains will be moved out of their place. It's going to be the world's worst earthquake. It's actually going to destroy the city of Rome. Right. So or as I'm sorry. I was thinking that was okay. So this is before or as he's returning. No, well, so it, the Bible says, Matthew twenty four twenty nine. immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. It is... Just before then. Okay. It, it's, before. It, well, so, right, but it's right there at the same time, because if you look at all the scriptures that, and there are many, the book of Joel, the Revelation chapter 6, that pertain to this same event, all of this happens when the Lord comes back. Okay. And so it's like a, 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 a huge simultaneous event. And so this is happening. Okay. The Lord comes back. And this is when he gathers the, the elect unto him. And so this happens at his second coming, at the time of the rapture. And so okay. it, it's just a, it, it's a shaking of the entire uh, earth. It's, it's, the Bible says, like I say, mountains are moved out of their place. It's the world's worst earthquake. It talks about that in Revelation 16. All of this is a part of his second coming. Okay. Yeah. It's all together. Okay. Yep. Great. Thank you so much. Um, if, you, if you have time, fill in there and I'll take it offline of the, um, the Rona thing. Third war okay. Stuff. Give me the question about Corona again. If that can be considered um, the six trumpet war, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't think so, and here's why: the Bible says it, it emanates out of the, the Euphrates River region, which is housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And the Bible says that there will be okay. a 200 million man army involved in that. Now you say, okay. well, that could be China. It sure could be. But India. the Bible <laughs> says under Revelation nine verse thirteen through twenty one. Let me go there real quick because I want to make sure everybody's on board with us. Um, the Bible says uh, that Revelation nine sixteen and the number of the army, of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand or 200 million. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Them that sat upon them had 
breastplates of fire, jacinth, and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were at the heads of lions. Out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone, and by these was a third part of men killed, and by the fire and the smoke and brimstone which issued out of their mouths. It appears to me that it's going to be, it's, that nuclear is going to be involved, not necessarily a coronavirus or a pandemic. Jesus warned us that we would have pandemics in the end time. He said, you're going to have wars, rumors of wars. Uh, you'll have uh, pestilence or pandemics. He said, you're going to have all that, but the end is not yet. But then when it comes to Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, you're talking about killing one third of the entire earth's population. And there's going to be a 200 million man army involved. So it just appears to me, Sharon, and it did my father-in-law as well, that it's going to be a nuclear war. Um, and it's, it's going to be World War III, not necessarily a, a, a COVID situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for taking the extra time for all of those. It just, my brain dipped all down. I'm like, but what about this? All right. Thank Absolutely. you so much. That's what you're here for, right? God, God bless you, Sharon, and thank you so much. Uh, let's go to Sam right here in Texas. God bless Sam. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, uh, I was reading the 1712, and it uh, was explaining the ten horns as ten kings that haven't received their power yet. Yes. There, yep. That he, they would join the Antichrist there for one hour. Later on, after he comes into power, how long is one hour? So it's not talking about a 60-minute uh, hour. It's just talking right. about, about a very short period of time. The Antichrist right. is going to be in power for three and a half years. Right. And right there at the very end, there will be 10 nations that federalized and aligned themselves with the Antichrist. And they're actually going to fight against Jesus Christ when he comes back. And so that's what it's talking about here. It's talking about it's symbolic of just a very short period of time, not necessarily just a 60 minute uh, time span. Yeah, because I was trying to divide 24 into 365 days and yeah, no. days a year. And, <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, it's just a very short period of time. It's not. So um, it, yeah, I mean, a, a one hour. No, and, and they were they will federalize, and it. The Bible says that. Um, it says in verse 13, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. They're going to align themselves with the beast. And the Bible says that this is at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says these shall make war with the lamb. When the Lord comes back to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon, put his feet on the Mount of Olives. I never have understood this, Sam, but the Bible says that the armies that come, the world governing armies that come down, they're actually going to believe that they can fight against him and win. And of course, that's going to be crazy because he's going to annihilate them. That's when his wrath is going to be poured out upon those armies. So no, that's what it's talking about here. The Bible says these shall make war with the lamb, but the lamb shall overcome them for his Lord of Lords, King of Kings. So no, that's simply not the case. It's just a very short period of time. Okay. But it's not three and a half years. It's less than that, right? It appears so. Yeah. Now they, they will, they will be on board with him because the Bible talks about the seven headed, 10 horned beast, the 10 horns, are these 10 nations and they will have federalized with him. So you're asking, could it be three and a half years um, that this one hour, I don't know the length of this, but they're going to be in alignment with him all the way through. 
uh, possibly this is talking right here about the time when they will come down, federalize themselves and into like a, um, a, a NATO type situation, a NATO force going in to do battle like when uh, George Bush and the NATO forces went in against Saddam Hussein, something like that. It's just a very short period of time, but they're going to be on board with him all the way through. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. God bless, Sam. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Bob, right here in Texas. God bless, Bob. Welcome to Into the Age. Hello, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing tremendous. How you doing, Bob? And I'm hanging in there. Good, good. I just wanted to ask you one question, and I wanted to let you know, uh, I don't know if you've heard that Jordan uh, is now exchanging gunfire with Israelis at the border. I hadn't seen that as of coming on the radio. Yeah, and also convoys of military and, and people are moving in Jordan toward the uh, toward the border with Israel. Uh, the latest is Egypt has announced that if it attacks, if the attacks on Gaza are not stopped, relations with Tel Aviv will be suspended. And now Israel saying there will no there will be no ceasefire with Hamas, and Hamas is saying we refuse any ceasefire with Israel and we'll fight to the end. This could all be beginning right now, Dave. Another yeah. quick question for you. Yeah. At the at the rapture. Let's say that we make it through this and we are raptured up with Jesus. Yes. And then we come back and we defeat the armies of the earth. If there are people on the earth that we knew, will they still, will we know them? Yeah. And yes. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible says we will know as he knows. So once we get our immortal bodies, we'll know what God knows. And so, yes, we'll know them. God knows them. We'll know them. Will we look at them in the same? We'll look at them through the eyes of God. In other words, will will I see my cousin and recognize them as my cousin? Um, I don't know the answer to that because I will see them as justly being left here on the earth. Right now, it's hard for my finite mind to comprehend something like that. But on the other side, when I've been given my immortal body, I will look at things differently. I'll look at them like God does. You understand that uh, at the Battle of Armageddon, the Bible says the angels will look at God and say, you are just to pour out these judgments. Well, it's hard for my finite mind to look at it like that. So when we get an immortal body, we're going to look at things a lot differently at that point. Uh, Will we know people? Yeah. How will we look at them? How will we view them? Don't know the answer to that specifically. It's going to be through God's eyes at that time. Thank you for the call, Bob. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.